Elon Musk and other AI experts are calling for a pause in the development of powerful AI, AI tools. But is this a case of trying to put the genie back into the bottle? We'll explore this next up on Today in Tech. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I am uh, Keith Shaw, an open letter coordinated by the Future of Life Institute, which lists Elon Musk as an external advisor, calls for a six-month moratorium on the development of generative AI tools like ChatGPT in order to give the industry time to set safety standards for AI design and also prevent potential harms of the riskiest AI technologies. Joining me on the show to discuss this idea is Jason Mars, PhD. He's the Associate Professor of Computer Science and Engineering at the University of Michigan and co-director of UM's Clarity Lab. Uh, he was on our show uh, about a month ago, uh, one of my favorite guests. Uh, welcome back to the show, Jason. Absolute pleasure to be here. Uh, awesome topic. Very, very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So what were your thoughts when you... So uh, you were telling me before the show that, that you... Uh, received this invite to sign the letter. Uh, so just kind of, kind of give me your thoughts on, you know, do you think this is a good idea? What did you think when you received the the invitation to sort of sign it? Yeah, no. Uh, so, yeah, so I re received the invitation um, a couple days before it hit news in a big way when yeah. Elon and uh, Steve Wozniak also uh, signed on. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't sign it. Um, so I think uh, it's, it's th there's a lot of these interesting and, and some somewhat valid uh, concerns around how this kind of technology is going to shape reality. Yeah. However, there's, there's a massive, I, I believe it's part of an overreaction. I believe it, 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 it adds to the fear mongering. It adds to, um, I, and it's also uh, s somewhat misplaced. Uh, there's a lot of downstream implications on making any kind of attempt that can only be implemented through uh, a congressional uh, legal means uh, as policy for the nation is right. the only practical way you can implement this. And the downstream effects are way more like incredibly disruptive uh, in and of it themselves and also ineffective. Like you, you can't, you in the realm of software, you it's where basically all of the creations come from human minds. Uh -huh. uh, you can't really put a moratorium on, the things people people invest their time into and work on and develop with access uh, to technology and mass, it'd be impossible to define what a large language model is in respect to the kinds of things that are dangerous. Um, and it all also put a pause on the development of a technology that many folks globally are developing, right. which which would would stunt essentially. We're already at risk of. Um, losing uh, some of uh, America, losing its monopoly or its, you know, its uh, advantage when it comes to technological development in the world economy. Yeah, this would this would stunt our ability to be relevant. We're already losing the social media game uh, with TikTok being one of the largest platforms in America. Right. Uh, surpassing all of the copycats that are trying to replicate it in America. Yeah. Um, so you can imagine what an opportunity this would create for other nations to to advance and overtake the technology, especially given that it's it's public how it was built. Yeah, if this was like a a, a U.S. based moratorium, then all of a sudden, like you know, I know I'm pretty sure China's not going to sign that, and you know, other nations yeah. that are developing AIs are are not going to sort of you know jump into this. What what are their concerns about the risks of of sort of this this race? Because to like yeah. my first impression was like. 
it, it felt like with, with Elon Musk and Steve Wozniak, it was just like, whoa, whoa, guys, like, you know, we weren't involved in this, so we want, we want to have a, it, and it just felt like, hey, look, guys, the race already started. Like, you can't yeah. just pause a race in the middle, and you just have to keep yeah, going, yeah. or, this, or be this better train has, and catch up. Exactly. This yeah. train has left the station, right? And too, yeah. this is not one... You, you know, there's two kinds of ways you can think about these problems. Um, so there are potential risks. So let me first state there are potential risks, and then I'm going to talk about the, the, the approaches that I subscribe to on how to reason about what to do given those risks. Okay. So the risks are real. So uh, right now we live in a world where people are consuming the information they would like to consume, and the more interesting and bombastic that information is, there's almost a propensity to believe it, right? So okay. now we have a step function in our ability <clears throat> to fabricate things that look real. These models are trained to mimic real based on what it has been trained uh, as real. And so we're seeing this in many modalities. I recently saw a video where someone was using Obama's voice uh, to say what they wanted to say, right. and it was in real time rendering a voice that was convincingly Obama. Could you imagine someone... Uh, mimicking Biden's voice and calling upon all Americans to do something uh, hateful and atrocious. Right, right. Uh, and, you know, so and so you have an opportunity for misinformation, uh, fabrication and 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 to to mislead the, the public. But this isn't novel. We've had Photoshop for a very long time. Right. right? Uh, there wasn't a moratorium on Photoshop and we could fabricate photos for a long time. We can do it a little bit more convincingly and across more modalities now, uh, and people are likely to misuse it. Uh, and we have to educate the public now to be even more thoughtful and suspicious of what they see. Uh, and there's an education journey there. So th that's, that's, that's a real risk, right? Yeah. There's also more economic risks with, um, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I, you know, there, there's always been bad actors from whatever technologies come out with. Like, like 100%. you said, we didn't ban Photoshop because some people were putting, you know, somebody's head on someone else's body. Um, exactly. Obviously, you know, it, it, you don't you don't halt AI just be you know just because someone's using it to fake uh, Obama or Biden or Donald Trump or whatever like they're, that they're doing out there. It's it's more about educating the the users of such stuff. Uh, yeah. to do that. So, so is that their main, Absolutely. is that their main reason? And it's not because again, there's a quote here that I wanted to read you. Um, yeah. and this was from one of the guys, uh, that I think signed the, uh, no, he's one of the organizers of the letter. And this is the quote, quote, it is unfortunate to frame this as an arms race. It is more of a suicide race. It doesn't matter who is going to get there first. It just means that humanity as a whole could lose control of its own destiny. I mean, when you talk like that, then you're talking like killer robots, <laughs> terminators, and you know, we're doomed because until you know AI is going to get smarter, and it's like, whoa, like that's not what this is doing, right? Or exactly, is it? Or, exactly. You know, maybe I'm just naive, and maybe this is something that do it. It does feel a little bit like the sky is falling from 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 this group. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and 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 this is what gets clicks, and this is what this is what gets uh, attention, right? Um, especially when it's coming from folks uh, like Elon Musk, and but but the 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 real issue is. It's absolutely not, that's absolutely not the case. We are going to have to adapt. So there's two approaches. There's prevention where we stop progress, right? Well, let's stop it. Let's figure out what to do. Uh, and then we'll restart. We'll unpause right. progress. But but really the attention and the energy should go into adaptation. 
Uh, and how do we now live in this new world? How do we anticipate how things will change and then stay ahead of the implications insofar that some might be dangerous, right? I, I think there's other implications that are more important than uh, you know, misuse of information. Uh, yeah. There's other implications that are much more f foundational. There's a lot of, like, for instance, there's a lot of specialized skills in the world, right? Mm -hmm. We've got journalists that win Pulitzer Prizes, for example, for how they exert their stories. Uh, that kind of thing needs to be re-understood because the barrier to entry to writing a phenomenal story is going to be reduced because now more people are going to be able to access the help of some of these systems right. to write incredibly brilliant stories. So that actually applies on an economic scale. Now the the things where the the economy of it, the the, the wages that certain employees get being high for their specialized skill, now more people will be able to do that thing. Right. And so that might create differences in the demand supply. Those are the kinds of interesting questions I would want leadership to be pondering and thinking about how do we stay relevant and and, and understand five years down the line how this is going to change the economy and so forth. But this knee-jerk reaction kind of, you know, sensational yeah. Uh, uh, you know, well, standpoint is yeah, not useful. What uh, what concerns you about AI at the moment? I mean, obviously you you're 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 enthusiast of the of this idea and a lot of these tools that come out. You you mentioned on the last show that you use it all the time in your programming, like when you're coding and and you know it, it helps you become more productive in 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 the, the work that you're doing. And I think and I think I think you said you're using it in your classes as well. You're using it to to teach. Um, Absolutely. So and and your students are allowed to use it. As as long as they sort of reference it, right? Yeah. 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 So, so what are your concerns about some of these tools at this point? Is it, is it the, you know, cause another big concern I've heard is about explainability that there's a lot of people that still don't understand why the AI sort of spit out what it did. Like it didn't, yeah. it, it, that explainability has been, been explained to me for uh, <laughs> three to five years now. And I still don't understand it. So if I still don't understand yeah. it, it's probably an issue, right? Yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. Well, and the thing is, my concerns really are manifested in what we're seeing happening currently. Uh, my concerns is most people won't understand it. Uh, Congress people don't know what a website is. Is YouTube a website? <laughs> uh, you know, like folks don't understand what's going on. And yeah. so bad choices are might happen. Sensational things like this may cause a congressional hearing. Elon Musk might be invited to say something votes get passed and then yeah. the, the the dynamic stops. Another really important thing to understand about AI that a lot of folks don't understand um, is, and this might sound like a vote towards a moratorium, which still I, I, I think is crazy, but when we develop as a community of scientists, when we in the art and the discipline of innovating when it comes to AI models, deep learning models, that kind of science is becoming more of a discovery science, understanding nature mm -hmm. than it is an engineering science where we're trying to build something to solve a goal. A lot of times when we build these models and we train them in various ways, we actually don't know what that model is gonna be able to do. We'll have some thoughts as to why this mode of training and why this style of neural network should have the capacity to do something. But once we're done training it, 
we've been blown away and it, it manifests itself in the papers. In the papers themselves, they'll say often things like, we never expected the model to be able to do this, but right. look at what it did, yeah. right? And so, and so every every GPT three, you know, what the paper does published doesn't talk about it being able to write code. But then we we discover after the fact, this thing can actually write code. Yeah, Chat GPT was primarily motivated to create a PC GPT three, unbiased, doesn't say offensive things. Yeah, but it actually produced a GPT. Uh, a conversational AI that did things way beyond what I anticipate the the creators uh, developed. So it's a very discovery science, and you know who knows what we'll discover these models being able to do well, once we tink tinker with them. Yeah. Yeah. Do you understand that that's how that that is what could freak out some people? Um, or you know, yeah. when, you know, if if you told me, for example, that you engineered and designed a a, a train. And then you wrote something about it. That says, "Yeah, we were really surprised when that train started to fly." <laughs> yeah, like, exactly. Well, exactly. So maybe we should maybe we should pump the brakes yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Know, to, that, so that's weird. They, but yeah. or is it something that you know? Maybe it's something that can't be understood. Or because when I I yeah. try to read some of these papers and it's like, woof, it goes right over my head. It's just like, yeah, yeah. I, no. Yeah. And yeah. I'm hoping that there are smarter people than me that that are reviewing these things and going like, when you read that, where you were like, wait, what? You were surprised that it did this? That or? Yeah. Yeah, I'm also it a lot of it is actually breathtaking even to the researchers as to as to what these technologies are are able to do uh when trained. The the fundamental difference is when it comes to the practicality from a societal perspective of taking a, an approach of prevention or slowing down of this kind of progress. It 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 fu it's fundamentally impractical and it's impractical in ways where it would be more practical for let's say uh nu nuclear uh engineering, right? Like when it comes to oh well we definitely have to put a moratorium on the the production of plutonium mm -hmm. uh and splitting it because you know th there's a difference in the digital realm where everyone has the tools to if everyone could dig in their backyard and the, the you know access plutonium the practicality of putting a moratorium on the whole world doing that yeah is it do, doesn't work right with in software we're in that realm where people will do it underground uh and then it'll be even more dangerous you know it's it's almost like people can do it in secret and then produce false information much more effectively if it's done in secret. China and Russia uh, can produce fake media that's epically more real. Yep. And if you have a stunted America that doesn't even understand this technology because we have a, a moratorium on it, we're more at risk. So so it, there's a practical element to that. And, and this is where prevention versus adaptation is an interesting debate. I just had a very deep debate with a climate scientist, one of the best in the world. Yep. Uh, he was over for dinner and we were talking about climate change. And he's like, oh, absolutely. This is a real thing. It's 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 absolutely produced, you know, by humans. Uh, it's crazy. But he thinks it's 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 irrational to think we're not going to raise the degree 1.5 degrees, two degrees. It's right. like that's going to happen. Everyone is focused on prevention of that happening where we should understand how we adapt societies to live in a right. world that's two degrees hotter. Right, right. Right. And so there's, 
And, and so we don't hear in public policy an adaptation focus. Right. Because public policy loves putting the brakes on out. things. Yeah. And, yeah. Break, and now we all have to pause the world. And then and, and that's that that's almost more um, appealing to, the, I guess, the psyche than what's cognitively harder, which is almost engineering, re-engineering the world, assuming that these things are going to happen. But that's the right approach. Right. You know, because if all is lost, if we don't prevent something and we're not prepared, we're way more at risk than if we use our ingenuity yep. to re-understand what the world should be like. Yeah. Right? And, and this this letter did sort of raise awareness of of sort of this thing. It was a high profile. You're like I said, yeah, this is going to generate clicks. Do you think that this then turns into something where uh you know, a conference is held or some sort of like high level discussion and people people start talking at this thing. But that's still not going to prevent like others from not attending and just doing what they want to do. And, you know, now you've got big companies like Google and Microsoft involved and they're like, well, you know, we're doing this because we want to stay in business and we want to, you know, help our customers get better results and get better answers. You know, it's almost like trying to to, to get people to understand a, a common standard for you know, networking, for example, or, right. you know, interoperability issues. And that took years for people to, to sort of come together. Um, are, are, do you think that maybe there, this will lead down to a road of a standard AI development or some sort of common yeah, framework? Yeah, well, you see, is this, is, it, a, like, where this it, is what we, yeah, absolutely, right? So the, the, the interesting thing about what's happened is the AI is here now. And now we have to understand what to do. Yep. Now you mentioned, you know, conferences. There's a lot of different viewpoints and 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 forecasts as to how the world changes, right? Do we have this centralized AI? That I mean, there's a lot of funding of companies and a lot of thought that the future is we're going to have these centralized AI uh, uh, resources that are kind of regulated by the government, and they're like a utility that's going to be consumed by society, right? That's one thought process because it's really expensive to train. They're huge. Uh, and it's it's a lot like a power delivery to a grid. Right. Um, so I don't think that's going to happen that at all, right? Be, that's a very thinking in the now. Mm -hmm. All of the scientists, the computer scientists in the world, I won't say all, let me say much of the energy of the global computer scientists in the world is understanding how we make these technologies smaller, more wieldable, easier to train, faster to train, easier yep. to get as smart with less power, with less energy. That's all of our focus. The first computer was two you know, buildings big uh, before we had a PC. Right. And now we have phones in our pocket that very society will understand how to take these technologies and wield it. So I don't think it's a practical uh, solution to think that we'll have uh, not this decentralized, everyone dem dem democratized access to AI. Right. But the, the high level point, though, is what you suggest is exactly the kind of energy we should exert. We should have special conferences. We should have new kinds of think tanks about just answering the questions of how will society change? Right. Because deriving the solutions will then be a straight line, in my opinion. But it's making that prediction as to given what we know about how technology evolves, given what we know about what we observe, the new digital uh, uh, ecosystem being where everyone's getting their news from social media, et cetera. When you put together these interdisciplinary uh, uh, fields of study and understanding to predict what the world, what are the 10 changes to the world 10 years from now? Yeah. Having the best minds think about those changes is the first step. 
And then as we observe the living system of the natural development, and once we understand those 10 things, then we understand how to adapt the world uh, to it. I think the best luminaries shouldn't spend time writing these open letters to, <laughs> to excite dramatic fear, but they should be organizing that conference. Elon Musk uh, and um, the organization that slips my mind. Yeah, that Future, actually created Future of Life Institute. Yeah. Future of Life. Uh, they should be organizing that conference now and getting people to sign up to attend and present. Yeah. Yeah. How this is going to change the world, well, as opposed to drama. <laughs> I liked what you what you said about um, sort of the, the it won't be a centralized AI. I think I tend to think that maybe that would be better, but then I start thinking, well, wait a minute, if if you know, down the line, everyone might have their own individual AI in their pocket, and then. They can then, you know, sort of, again, saving power, saving saving uh, resources and processing time. Um, but then I start thinking, well, then all of these little AIs are going to start fighting with each other. And then we're going to have like a big AI war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then my mind goes off exactly. into science fiction again. Um, yeah. Some, 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 yeah, a lot of things to think about. So, and again, yeah. I think the education part of it is so important as well. Um, getting people that might not understand what an AI is at the moment, start start telling everybody that you know it's like this is this is what's out there this is what might happen this is what could happen um be alert about every picture that you see every video that you watch it might not be real uh mm -hmm. it, you know it was created to either fool you again we've got april fools coming up like that's going to be like yeah. you know I, yeah. I can't wait to see what comes out tomorrow like so speaking of yeah, that totally sp speaking yeah. of that you know since we didn't you know the the whole news about the ai image fakery with uh donald trump you know, allegedly getting arrested, I like those that. photos. And then last week, the the, the Pope, I fell for the, the Pope. pope. <laughs> I don't know yeah. if you did. It, it I came, was like, that's a cool Pope, yeah. man. When, when did the Pope like yeah. get into cool stuff? So, <laughs> yeah. And, and so, you know, I'm, I'm always uh, aware of potential political images and political things because I know that there are people that are working on that. So I'm ready, like any image you send me of a politician, yeah. I'm like, all right, I think that's fake. But a Pope wearing a yeah. cool jacket? Like, yeah. if it was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's great. <laughs> you, you know, that's so hilarious. The first thing, uh, just last night I was chatting with uh, my wife and uh, I was like, you know what? You know what I'm shocked by? You know, there's this Nashville shooting epic tragedy. Yeah. Uh, crazy. Uh, and there's there's a lot of interest in seeing what's in the manifesto. Right. Like, we want to understand what caused this. Right. And I was like, you know, Lingja, they're not releasing the manifesto. OK. Just count down the, the minutes and hours before someone leaks a fake manifesto right. generated by AI. Right. Uh, and that could also cause more issues than if they, they release it. Right. Right. Like you're absolutely right. Like with a, but you see that the, the insight to even make that prediction is what we want every American and every person in the world to understand so that when it does happen, they're like, oh, let me first think, is this real or fake? Right. right. As right. opposed to taking it at real cloth. But when I saw the, those pictures, that's exactly uh, the the kind of thing that's causing um, anxiety, mm -hmm. societal anxiety, right? Uh, it was a very compelling uh, picture of the Pope. Uh, you know, Trump being arrested was incredibly timely. Yep. Everybody wanted it to happen. And this is the danger. <laughs> when you really, really want something to happen in right. the world. That's when your, your, your critical thinking skills go away. Exactly. And yep. you want to believe it. Yeah. And then you'll believe it. And then you'll act on it, right? Yep, which is, yep. which is, but you know, the thing is, I call it an overreaction because 
we've seen this story, this movie has played many times over, right? Where there's a novel new technology uh, and, you know, there's this societal anxiety and it's never manifested as bad yeah. as the fear is, right? Um, and, you know, Photoshop, I think, is a, uh, a great example because, frankly, a great Photoshop technician could have done that Pope picture before right. there was... You know, uh, 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 yeah. GPT. Yeah. And, but uh, but that yeah. that Photoshop would have taken how long for for a, a, right. a skilled technician to do? True. It would have taken at least you know twenty twenty minutes or more. And and this thing can get yeah, spit no, out yeah, in it probably would have taken longer. It was it was yeah. so good. It I, would have taken longer than twenty minutes. I'm, I'm trying but, to figure out how long it would t- like. I would never be able to do it just with Photoshop. <laughs> like that's why. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I like this this idea because it does democratize the idea of like, well, you know what? I really want to. I want to for my poster or for whatever. I want a picture of a pope wearing a, a cool jacket, and yeah. just being yeah. able to sort of uh, say it verbally and prompt yeah. it into a, a you know an application that gives me power to do things. Now again, I'm not doing it for an evil purpose. I just want a really cool image. Right. You know, to yeah. sort of express the idea that I want to do as a as a journalist or content creator, things like that. Um, I don't right. think I would ever veer into the the negative part of it because I'm a I'm, right. I generally think and, I'm a and, most won't. and yeah, most won't and most won't. won't. Right? But you know, rather than spending you know a week learning how to do Photoshop and doing all that stuff, it's like that's what mm-hmm. excites me about innovative technologies. But I'm a good person, so <laughs> I understand that there are people that aren't so good as well. So. Um, yeah. All right. So, yeah. uh, have you experienced GPT four since it came out? I think you know. I think it was right on the cusp of the last time we talked. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so, I, so I've tinkered with it. I, I've think, tinkered with it a bit. Yeah. Um, you know, and I've read a, a good bit about it. I think it's. Uh, I think it's interesting, right? Because they're including images, which makes total sense. Yeah. Uh, into these large language models, so we're seeing what they would, how we would describe it technically is. Now we're seeing these multimodal. Uh, large language models being built in various ways. Um, so I think that that's the big uh, advancement. Of course, it's it's better trained. Uh, it's it's able to grab more understanding and insights uh, uh, around the world. So it outperforms GPT 3.5 mm-hmm. in the same realm of things that 3.5 does. But the fascinating thing is that now it's able to capture these um, high-level understandings about the images of our world, right? So beyond just reading the text of the internet, it's also understanding and interpreting the images uh, that you'll find on the uh, internet too. So it's a model that both can listen to what people are saying and see see, uh, what people are are saying. But uh, there's a distinction between the GPT-4s of the world and the chat GPTs of the world. There are kind of two types of AI. GPT-4 and 3.5 and those GPTs are models that are trained to understand everything it can about the world. And then it can be applied for many different tasks, many different things you might want to wrap that model in. You might want to wrap it in a product that solves a particular problem. And the intelligence of what's in the world is now applied to your solution to that problem. Something like ChatGPT is essentially a wrapper around something like GPT-4 or GPT-5, where it's it's actually the model conditioned to do one thing well. In the case of ChatGPT, it's question and answering interactions. So a GPT-4 whole cloth wouldn't wouldn't produce a chat bot 
as as compelling as chat gpt out of the box right but it has in it uh an incredible uh amount of knowledge that would then if the same gpt chat gpt wrapper was applied to it would be chat gpt2 right you know right, what I mean? right 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 so yeah um so you're still excited about the you know the technology and where it's going yeah absolutely yeah. absolutely i think it's uh i think it's a phenomenal direction i think the only problem that exists now is there's a bit of a monopoly of the of of that those kinds of technologies realizing these advancements in open in open ai yeah uh it you know like when you look at like even the, the googles and and even microsoft's own other version of a large language model that was a thing they're still using like, that <laughs> yeah yeah no no i mean and it's not chat gpt yeah. like as as you get it on open ai like right. those are attempts to catch up and to to participate yeah. because they see a market that they're losing but it's not democratized where where many many different um many many different institutions whether it be universities or or, or companies are actually all innovating at the same time so i actually want to see a world where more folks are innovating on these technologies and we're not just waiting to see the next thing from open AI. Right. Right. But, but yeah, I'm absolutely excited about well, the yeah, technology. Okay. So, I, so, I, so talking yeah. about the competitors, you know, we, we saw that Google came out with Bard and, and, yep. you know, did you, have you tried that at, at all yet or? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. So I've, I've seen its output, yeah. right? So I haven't played with it directly myself and tinkered it, but I've seen a B comparisons between what's produced. Yep. It's clear that, it's clear that the method, so the methodology, the, the, the way that chat GPT was trained, it's clear that that was not applied to Bard. Okay. Bard is, 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 is much more the old school GPT three style of training, which didn't condition it, uh, for phenomenal understanding of conversational AI in a question and answering system. Yeah. That's primarily why these other systems aren't as good, uh, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, you know the, the way that chat gpt was trained is they they use a lot of humans to write what the model should say okay to improve it upon gpt3 yep. right so you yep. have your model that learned from the internet yep. but then you have to have a human in the loop and coach the model right. and and train it and indeed they took the coaching and they were able to take a, that coaching and turn that into a model and then you had two models training each other. It's called <laughs> it's using a process called PPO, but uh, where it's reinforcement learning. So they had a they had a trainer model teach a student model, right? Yeah. Like uh, a chat GPT. And I'm just uh, simplifying um, a, a GPT three. And then that's how it got good. The systems we're seeing like Bard and the, the Bing's thing. Uh, uh, it, it's very clear from their outputs that that kind of reinforcement learning with humans in the loop yep. was not applied to those models. And okay. so that's why they don't seem smart. Yeah, they didn't it, get the extra coaching. It, it did feel yeah. like from, so I, I got an invite and I was amazed at how quickly I was allowed in. Uh, Cause yeah. you know, usually it takes a few weeks for me to get invited into anything. And um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I tried it and it, and, and it just, you know, and, and of course Google, there's so many levels of warnings about like the output, like the, they are trying to protect every angle. And so yeah. uh, the the, the yeah. results that you get are just kind of like dull and boring, and you know. So I I, I equate like you know ChatGPT and some of the stuff that was in the Bing was like your crazy uncle, 
at Thanksgiving <laughs> where Bart is more like your dad and, you know, so, you know, safe and reliable and, you know, doesn't want to yeah. make any waves. Whereas, you know, crazy uncle over there, he's going to just do whatever he wants. And yeah, um, and that's yeah. what Microsoft was sort of pulling back too. They're like, we're going to limit yeah. this so that we don't get a lot of the hallucinations and really freak yeah. out people that of where this exactly. could go. So. Um, that's exactly, my thoughts on exactly. that. So, um, Jason, yeah. one, you know, again, thank you for joining us on the show today. Uh, of course, just I yeah. love talking about this stuff with you. So we'll we'll, we'll definitely yeah. have you back whenever you know whenever another Beautiful. big thing blows yeah. up in the world of AI. Uh, I know, I know. All right, awesome. Thanks, yeah. man. All right, yeah, that, that's all. Pleasure time. Here. Thank you. Yep, that's all yeah. the time we've got for today's episode. Uh, don't forget to like the video, subscribe to our channel, and add any comments that you have below. And join us every week for new episodes of Today in Tech. I'm Keith Shaw. Thanks for watching.